Straight Talk Faithful, your host, your boy, George Mackay, back in studio again today, pre-recorded, and via phone, I got another returning guest, one of my closest friends in the wrestling business, a man I respect and admire so much. Please welcome back to Straight Talk Wrestling, the night train, Justin Zane. What's up, my dude? Hey, dude, how's it going? I'm good. good. I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, we're uh, we're in the midst of this COVID-19 stuff, and here we are pre-recording this in late April now, and I'll drop the episode officially sometime in June. So uh, I'm just I'm just trying to have conversations, keep my mind off all the negativity in the world, and the best way to do that is to talk with amazing wrestling talent like yourself and just have a great conversation. No, for sure, absolutely. So actually, one of, one of the things I did want to talk to you about is um, since the last time we spoke, and I believe it was about a year ago, just over a year ago now, the last time you and I sat down, you came to the house, we had a fantastic conversation, and that's when we kind of struck up the friendship that we have now, and since then I've seen you tear it up. You kind of just got back from your knee injury at that point, you were feeling good, feeling healthy, and you were talking about how the night train was literally going to take over, and let me tell you something, he did. I got to see you wrestle... I don't know, five or six times at Crossbody. I got to see you tear it up, defend your your internet championship, then unfortunately lose it uh, in very, um, how do I put it, very uh, devilish fashion to El Diablo, Gabriel Fuerza. We'll get into that match in a little bit because that's probably one of my favorite matches of you at Crossbody. And um, one thing I did want to talk about first, though, is back in August, SummerSlam, you had something big go down. If I'm not mistaken, I remember you kind of giving me a tip, and now we can talk about it, because it's been a while, but you had a tryout with the WWE when they were here for SummerSlam, did you not? I did, I did, that is true. Can you talk me through how insane that tryout process is, from start to finish, how the whole thing kind of went down? Um, well, it's, um, yeah, well, at first, like, they, they send you, an, like, I, I got an email, so I was just kind of just going through my emails, whatever. Then I got an email. But at first, I thought it was just um, just them maybe advertising for the network, whatever, because like I unsubscribed to their emails. So then I opened it, and it was all this information, like they had like my name and everything, like saying that I've been invited to partake in their first ever Canadian tryout. And at first, it was kind of like uh, this is crazy. Like I've only been back, like wrestling, like just short of a year, like, since recovering from, like, the knee surgery, right? So I was kind of like, uh, is this, like, a scam email? So I just kind of saved it to the side and, like, lightly dismissed it, but literally kept opening it up every single day because, like, it's crazy. And then finally I got, like, the second email. Like, they ask you different questions in each email, so it's, like, a whole bit-by-bit process. And then you don't even know where you're going until, like, the night before, like, literally. So, like, nothing can get leaked out. But no, it was, it was super surreal. It didn't feel real until I actually got into the building and like saw the WWE ring there, and then saw Matt Bloom and like all like the coaches there, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like this thing is actually going down." But the crazy thing was, I almost didn't even get the chance to participate in the tryout because on the first day you have your medical, so that's when you sit with the doctor to go through medical history and all that stuff, and basically just seeing if like. Yeah, like, generally healthy. And the, I passed everything, all, like, the physical exam and whatnot, and then um, I had to do my blood pressure. So, whatever, no problem. Takes my blood pressure. 
He goes, huh, let me just check that again. Do you normally have high blood pressure? And I was like, uh, no, it's normally pretty good whenever I check it. He checks it again. He goes, okay, just go walk around for like 10 minutes and come back. We're going to check it out again. So I'm just like, oh, what was it reading? And he's like, it's reading 170 over like 100. And I was just like, what the hell? I'm like, what the first reading say? And he said, 160 over like 95. I'm like, that's not right. That's really weird. I'm like, okay, I'm like, maybe because I'm just nervous as crap because like this whole thing is crazy to me right now. So I'm just thinking it's just nerves. Um, so I go away 20 minutes, I'm just trying to calm down, like get my nerves down. I go back in, I sit on the chair. He brings a different like stethoscope this time. Like they had to use a different one. Maybe it's a faulty one. I was hoping it was faulty. Checks it again. It's still up there. So he goes, yeah, unfortunately I can't let you try out because um, if it's over, I forget the number, but if it was over a certain number, it's medically not safe. So then I was just like, bro, like you have to let me do it. Like I work out every day. I'm pretty healthy. I'm a personal trainer. I don't feel anything wrong with my heart at all. Like there's a hiss of it in my family, but like, trust me, like I'm good. Like I'll sign a piece of paper saying like I agreed to it. I got a heart attack or something. And then he actually said, okay, come back the day of the actual trial, which is the following day. Come an hour earlier and we'll check it again one more time like you do like one more chance kind of thing and i was just like holy crap this is huge so meanwhile after that i'm driving home i'm sitting in like my my parking spot at home and i'm googling foods to lower like blood pressure <laughs> so do i not go to the grocery store and buy like freaking everything and i'm just crushing all that <laughs> the night before hoping it would help obviously it wouldn't do a damn thing it's only like 12 hours difference but long story short talked to the next day they did my reading, and I was, like, just on the cusp of, like, hey, we can't let you do this. So I was able to have the tryout. Like, thank God. But who would have thought, like, my blood pressure would have been an issue of me not being able to have the tryout. I had no idea. Wow. Did you yeah. Did you get anything checked out after? Just to make sure? Oh, for sure. For sure. Because, like, after we did all the drills, every time, like, one of the coaches would come up to me and be like, hey, you good? You good? Just making sure my heart's not exploding out of my chest. But of course, like me, like normally, like whenever I work out, like after the first set, like I sweat really easy. Like I'm just a sweaty guy. Like by the time I hit the ring after my entrance, I'm practically like sweaty. And I'm just like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So they're just like on me, just making sure I wasn't like killing myself, which I appreciate. I get it. Like it would be as a tryout. Participant dies my heart attack. Like who wants that, right? <laughs> like, yes, so, yes, um, yes. So literally the next Literally, like, right after the trial was done, it was two full days. After that was done, I called my doctor, set up a meeting, and then that took, like, six months to figure out. But we finally wound it back. It was just a, it was a workout supplement that I was taking. Oh. It's literally just, like, a workout supplement. You know, I take, um, I take like, Tribulus. So it's, like, a natural testosterone booster. So it's just orally. So I'll pop, like, one of those, like, every day for three months, and then I won't take them for two months. It's on and off, like... Just orally. And then he said, yeah, it might have been that. So then I stopped taking it. I haven't taken it. I haven't taken anything. I haven't taken any supplements for, like, since the trial. Since after that trial. So close, almost reaching up to a year now. And my blood pressure is completely fine. It's back to normal. And I, I've been taking the same tribulus for, like, ever. And I decided to switch brands. So I'm thinking of if, when I switched the brands, there's just probably something in there that like my body just did not like because I went to the doctor like literally two months before I even had the tryout 
blood pressure was fine and everything. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So I think it was just like that type of grind. So I haven't taken any supplements for like, yeah, just a tryout, man. Feel great. Took a while to kind of get the body used to it, but feel great. Feel awesome. That's incredible though, man. I mean, you know, thank God for the doctors and the staff. Like you said, they were on you. They wanted to protect you as much as protect themselves. And I guess you can see that, right? Because you hear all the negativity, especially from, uh, I don't want to dredge up a name, but especially from CM Punk. He's talked quite openly and vividly about how they made him wrestle injured. They didn't care about the wellness policy. And they've been firm on their stance that that's absolutely not true. Now, he did win the lawsuit, and it was found out that the doctor was kind of a shady dude. So you can blame the doctor on that, but it seems since then they've got the right medical personnel in play. And you know what? Thank God they caught that because if you had kept taking that supplement, who knows what would have happened. So that's... Oh, for sure. Because I felt great. I felt completely normal. I felt fine. Nothing felt different. Just my blood pressure was up a lot. Well, that's, that's great that they found that. So, I mean, you said the trial was two full days. The intensity in there yeah. must have been just incredibly mind-blowing. Like doing the regular drills that wrestlers do, but they probably kicked it up a hell of a notch, right? Yeah, because um, normally the tryout is three days. But since it was like the first time in Canada and it was SummerSlam weekend, they have to crunch everything down into two days. And they usually have two rings. Like at the performance center, there's two rings. We only had one ring. So while there's drills going on in the ring, like you're cycling through that on the outside of the ring, you're doing like exercise drills. So like they, they still kept you going. So first I was like, Oh, how's this gonna work? There's only one ring and like 40 people here. This is gonna be. Hmm. This isn't. I don't see how this is gonna work. But it totally worked out. It totally worked out. If you're not in the ring doing a drill, you're running across the room, piggybacking someone, or you're doing squats on the outside constantly, or sit-ups, push-ups, burpees, jump squats, everything. You never really stop moving unless they're just demonstrating the drill, and then that's it. You just keep going. But a lot of people, everyone there came ready to play. Everyone there was in shape. I was expecting to see people, like, puking and dying. But, like, everyone came prepared, like, physically prepared. It's awesome to see that. Like, go Canada. No potatoes. Absolutely. Man. And it must be incredible to be a part of history like that, though, to be at the first Canadian tryout and to be one of the, the 40 people invited to the first tryout. That's, that's a pretty incredible feat, and that's a tip of the hat to you, your work ethic, and how insane you are in the ring. I mean, your skill level is fantastic. And somebody saw it. Somebody had to have seen it. I mean, there's so many platforms to check out your work. From independent wrestling TV to YouTube to all the matches that you've had. I mean, it's just incredible. Pay-per-views at Destiny, uh, like on Fight TV and stuff like that. You've been a part of all that stuff. So it's easy for people to research and find out the great talent that's here. And it's absolutely incredible that you're part of that. So that's a tip of the hat to you. Well-deserved, because I know you, I know you on a personal level, and I know you work your ass off. And for the fact that you were one of the 40 people invited, that says something about you. So kudos to you on that, my friend. Thanks, dude. So one of the things I did want to get into, we talked a little bit earlier about you defending your internet uh, championship over at Crossbody and losing it to Gabriel Fuerza in a little bit of a crooked fashion, because as we all know, we know how El Diablo plays, at least at Crossbody. He plays on a little bit of a dirty side. So, yep. but that match is probably one of my favorite matches with you at Crossbody. It's absolutely incredible. Your guy's speed, your power, your tenacity. I mean, your back and forth, how well you guys play off each other. Like chemistry in a ring is so critical. And I think you and Fuerza have some of the best chemistry I've ever seen out of two people. 
So, but talk me through that match. I mean, yeah, okay, I get it. It was an unfortunate loss. But that match had a lot of fantastic spots in it. And you guys told one hell of a story. And I'm big on the storytelling. And it's very hard to build up a rivalry in a short time, especially in in the indie scene. I mean, you've got maybe two, three weeks to build it up via pictures. Maybe you cut a video promo or two against each other. Then you show up in the ring. There's really not much else you could do on the indie scene. Whereas in the bigger productions, you know, you have the weeks. You have the chance to do the double crosses. You have a chance to see the whole story progress. But on the indies, you don't have that. Everything's a time crunch because you got to fit it in. you got to work it quick. And you got to get ready to move on to the next storyline that's being set up. So talk me through that entire match. I mean, that's like I said, it's one of my favorite matches of yours. Oh, what was that? That was definitely last year, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was. It was last year. And I remember the match, there's a lot of reversals, there's a lot of like cat and mouse, because one of those, like, if I get you, if I hit you, it's one of my big, big moves, that's it, it's over. But he just kept kind of slipping out, just kind of had that one up on me, just every time. But, nah, it's just, it's, like I said, it's back and forth. Like, I, I tried my damn hardest, but, nah, he's slippery, man. Like, the, the technical wrestling got the best of me in that one. I took my head out of the game, but I'd love to do it again. Oh, I'm sure when this is all said and done, the smoke clears. I would love to see I'm you, too. I'm watch that after this, because I haven't watched it back since the night after. Oh, you gotta, you, know you gotta, you gotta rewatch it, man. It's, it's, it's hands down. I have to watch it again. Yeah, it's hands down one of. Oh, it's one of the best bodies of work that I've, I've seen in a ring with you. I mean, you've had a lot of great matches, but that one is one of my personal favorites. Another one is mine. Uh, with Carter, another one of yours that I love is one with Carter Mason, Barry Wrestling. I believe it was circa 2017. So I'm going back a little bit, but you and Carter Mason had one hell of a fight at Barry Wrestling. And I actually had him on the show. The episode just dropped today, so if you get a chance, go back and listen to that one. But we talked about that match for a little bit. And we talked about how, uh, like this again, the storyline that was told. I just, I love the fact, especially in indie, I feel like in indie wrestling, everyone wrestles with that little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Because they're always just trying to prove, prove themselves to the fans, to the audiences, to keep them coming back, but prove something to themselves. And especially when you're in there with, you know, a friend, you tend to kick it up a notch. And I talked to Carter about that too. I said, you know, when you're in there with a friend, I mean, that's what it's, it's probably the, the safest point for wrestling because you're in there with a friend, you're in there with somebody that you trust full out, they trust you full out, but also you're going to try to one-up each other every time. You're going to try to get that little extra, you know, your, your punches have a little bit more oomph behind them. Your kicks have a little bit more strength behind them. Is that, don't you find that to be a little bit of an oxymoron that when you're in there with a friend, you want to go at them even harder than with somebody that you're working with the first time? Of course, because when you're wrestling a friend, like, A, you wrestled probably crap load of times before. So you know each other's moveset. You know how to reverse each other's moves. So obviously you can think of a reversal on top of reversal on top of reversal. So that obviously builds up in future matches where you get those cool sequences. And you know what? Realistically, you know what each other can take. Like, whereas if I'm wrestling someone completely brand new, like let's just say, for example, when I actually have to wrestle Beefcake, like years ago, like Brutus Barber Beefcake years ago for CWI, first time ever wrestling him. So, wrestling the match is me and Tomo Shalom versus Beefcake and Xbox. And at one point in the match, I had to club 
a club beefcake in the just in the back, just back across the shoulders. Whatever, finished the match, and then he got backstage and he said I was um too stiff. And I was like, excuse me? Because I remember I pulled back a lot because like he was like an older guy. I didn't want to like clock him and hit him really hard in the back and give him whiplash. So I, I felt like I hit him pretty tame, but he said it was stiff kind of thing. So obviously he took the mental note being like, okay, I've ever wrestled beefcake again. Now I know what like his limits are type deal. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like just know each other's like limits. Like you know, you just trust each other. Like some points you can just make eye contact and you just know it's like, okay, we're going. Yeah, we're doing this. So of course you have that better bond. Do you find like, that with your friends when you're staring at them down the ring, you're like, man, I know we're going to have beers after the show. I know we're going to go and grab some food after the show, but right now I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, with the friends, he like with me, like, when I'm wrestling someone new that I haven't wrestled before, it's a different feeling because you have those butterflies. You, you're, you're anxious. You're kind of nervous because, like, A, it's someone new. B, you hope, like, you don't kill them. You hope they don't kill you. You hope it's a good match. You hope you have good chemistry because sometimes it's not good chemistry and you're a big match and you're like, fuck, this, I just wish this would end. But that's, like, kind of the nerves you get with somebody new, but it's still awesome because it's a new experience. You want to wrestle everyone right everybody wants to wrestle everyone i want to wrestle everybody before i i hang up the boots as much many people as i can but then when it's a friend you're looking across the ring and you're looking at each other you're you're excited you're always excited whenever the bell rings you're excited you're anxious but you're not nervous you're calm you're relaxed you're chill because you know it's going to be a great match and it's me it's hard for me to have fun when i'm like really thinking and focusing on like what I have to do, like just okay, play, play to the camera, taunt, talk trash. Like it's hard for me to kind of like really have fun. But like you said, when it's with a friend, I'm looking across the ring and I'm like, oh man, we're going to have like such a good time. Like those are the matches where I actually have like generally more fun than matches where it's someone new. Still have fun regardless. So when it's a friend, you're just like, ah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Like, you're going to have more fun going on a road trip with someone you've known for years compared to someone you've just met, right? Absolutely, unless it's you and me. We had instant chemistry from day one. It was like I've known you my whole life. Oh, for sure, for sure. But, like, on average, generally, most people say, I'm just going to go with my buddy, you know, for example, right? So I get it. It totally makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes you have chemistry, sometimes you don't. There's been guys that wrestle with, again, like, first match and boom, Hit it off. BMD actually was one of those guys at, at Alpha One. Uh, him and I had a feud. He was like one of the first feuds I had coming off of the knee injury that we built up with. And he was he trained at a rip school, so he was still pretty green at the time. And I was just like, okay. I'm like, this could go either two ways. Like, this could just be freaking horrible. It's like he's still green, or maybe we just don't mesh together, or my knee's just not ready for this type of feud. But like, whatever. Let's just see where it goes. And we had our first match in Port Colburn, and, like, man, we just clicked. And as you've seen, we've been feuding still to this day. We got feud of the year last year. We got match of the year last year. Like, we've probably wrestled, I feel like, a dozen times in the past year. Like, it's great chemistry. I love wrestling with them. Like, and at first, like, that first time, right, I was across the ring, kind of nervous. I'm like, okay, let's see, like, what we can do here. And it's been great. Then it's at that point where we look across the ring, and I'm like, ah, this is going to be a lot of fun. 
to the point where he'll give me just open back chops and know it's like it's all good. It's like, oh, you, it's cool, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk Someone about completely new. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> let's talk about something big that also happened last year, and this is not wrestling related. This is something on a personal level, and it's something that I was very happy for you when it happened. Uh, you asked a question, and your longtime girlfriend gave you the answer you were looking for, and you guys got engaged. Yeah, June. June. So June. we're talking June almost, al- yeah, almost a year now. Almost a year. Yep. Yeah. So talk to me about, I mean, that's, that's an incredible congratulations on that. But talk to me about, about that. I mean, you probably already knew the answer was coming. But were you still nervous? I mean, I was nervous when I asked my wife. And I knew the answer was coming. But she made me wait a little bit. Like when I asked her, she gave me like 15 yeah. seconds of silence before she gave me the answer. <laughs> and it made me sweat a lot. So yeah. how was it for you? Um... <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. So, first thing, I bought the ring in, like, I picked it up in April. Like, I got it custom made, like, in, like, February, March. Picked it up in April. So, I had to hide it somewhere in the house. And it's hard to fucking hide anything in the house when, like, it's not that big. There's not really, there's really no hiding places here. (laughs) So, the only place I was able to safely hide this ring was to put it in my old gym desk and I knew she would never ever go in there. So I have this tricking ring in this like gross, dirty gym bag, like in the box obviously. Just sitting there and like I'll be paranoid being like, oh, I hope she didn't find it because like when she cleans the house once in a blue moon they'll be like, um, not when she cleans the house once in a blue moon. Like once in a blue moon she'll like find something of mine being like, Oh, like do you still use this? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know that's trash. So I was hoping that she wasn't gonna have one of those once in a blue moons and like pick up the old gym bag and like go through it to make sure there's nothing in it that I need. Every night before bed, I'm like, checking the skin bag, they're just sketching. It was horrible. So fast forward to actually the trip. Like, it was honestly the worst time ever until I actually proposed and it was just over with. Because, like, the stress was just killing me. So I have the ring and I don't know whether to put it in the check bag or bring it with me. Then I'm like, ah, oh, it's in, like, the check-in bag and I lose my luggage. Like, oh, it's going to suck. And I'm like, I know they open it sometimes. Then I'm like, okay, let's just bring it in my carry-on bag. But where do I put it? I can't put it in the toiletry bag because we share the same toiletries. So I have like a backpack with like an extra pocket and I just put it in there. So then the, the bag's going through the x-ray machine thingy and I'm like, oh my God. So then the bag stops and then the lady kind of looks at me. She goes, is there anything uh, in the bag that we know about? And I'm just looking at it being like, don't say anything because like always, they can see everything. They can tell if you have like a ham sandwich in your bag. It's crazy. <laughs> That little X-ray machine, and I'm just like looking at her, like just making like eye contact, like no, just some jewelry. Because I did have my jewelry like box, because I had like my my earrings and necklace. So I'm like, no, just some jewelry. Just staring at her, and then she kind of smiled and like looked the bag go through. We're in, we're on the plane. Now I gotta hide this freaking ring in the hotel room, and the smartest place would be to use the safe. But like, I can't use the safe because her passport's in the safe. We both have the same code. And I'm like, Brig, I can't just leave this ring like lying around in the room. Like, fuck, because last vacation we were at, someone broke into one of the resorts and actually tried to rob the people. Oh, and it was shit. someone on someone who worked on the resort. That's so I'm like, Yeah, so at this point, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to leave the hotel room because like, I wasn't going to propose until like three days later. Like, I had the whole date and set all planned up. 
So I take it out and I just literally leave the ring in like the luggage bag after we unpack it and I just left it in like one of the side pockets and I was just like, okay, hopefully the maid or nobody like just goes through these zippers. So obviously every time he made it back to the hotel room, I'm like, she goes to the bathroom, I run over to the bag, open it, make sure it's all there still. So okay, I it's still there. It's good, we're good, we're good. So fast forward to the day of, dude, I couldn't eat anything that day. I didn't eat anything that day. Not because I, I knew she was going to say yes, but like I can't explain it. I, you know the feeling. Like, I don't know what. It was just so nerve-wracking because, like, I just didn't want her to find out, maybe. So, like, I'm not eating anything all day. Meanwhile, I'm crapping every, like, hour. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I got some nervous shit. <laughs> before every match, before every rest match, rugby game, football game, you have that pre-game, pre-match. Yeah, that's just me. It just happens. Like, an hour or so before. I'm just like giving it, then I'm like, crap. So she's in the audience. She goes, Hey, you okay? Is it something you ate? I'm like, Yeah, I might have just been breakfast. Meanwhile, I just had like a croissant, didn't eat anything. And then finally, we went to my mom's house where she grew up because my mom was actually down and it was her birthday. So we pretty much had like a cookout at her house with her aunt. My stepdad was there, my brother, my sister was there. So like the whole family was down there on vacation. It was perfect. And then we all went for the walk on the beach. And then kind of just asking her, being like, hey, you want to go for a walk up the beach? And then I'm like, sure. But, like, I was so nervous, dude. The walk was, like, probably 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds, I just said my spiel, got down to one knee, popped the question, had a little bit of a dust in my eye that day. And uh, that was it. Then I was able to actually breathe and enjoy the last four days of vacation. So I'm like, sweet. Man, with the ring is, it's on your hand. You can, yeah, it's just... It was just crazy. Just trying to hide the thing and just keep it hidden was the most stressful thing of it all. I had no idea that part would be so stressful. That, hands down, has to be one of the best engagement stories ever. My favorite part was the nervous shits. I'll be honest with you. But that's <laughs> that's incredible, man. Congratulations. And I know probably wedding plans and stuff are on hold right now with everything going on in COVID. But when you uh, guys... Next year, I'm glad we didn't do it this year. But even so, that it's next year, it might still affect it because we wanted to be destination. So yeah. <laughs> well, I hope everything goes off without a hitch, and I can't wait to see the photos. I can't wait to see the pictures. I can't wait to see everything that's going to happen if you choose to go destination or if you stay here. And congratulations to you and your future misses, hands down for sure. Congratulations Thanks. on that. Thanks, um, buddy. Yeah, no problem, my friend. One thing I did want to talk about, and this is a thing that actually my wife, she follows you on Instagram. You guys talk all the time. Uh, she loves your workouts and stuff you've been doing. Since this COVID-19 situation has happened, you've released a lot of videos, I guess, kind of helping all your clients because you are a personal trainer as well as a wrestler, helping all your clients kind of stay in shape while they're at home and giving a lot of great, simple workout tips. And my wife has saved all of the videos. She's done a few of them here and there when she's got the time because for us, it's a little bit difficult because I'm still working, she's still working, and we have the kids as well. So it's hard to find the time to do them. I'm sure they're home. Yeah, yeah. But when we do, when she does find the time, she really enjoys them. She wanted to me to mention to you how much she loves the workout videos. And that actually prompted this question. Uh, with all the videos that you released, have you gotten a lot of positive feedback from your clients or even people that aren't your clients saying, you know, thank you for posting this. Thank you for helping us try to find ways to do this kind of stuff around the house because there's just no access to gyms or health facilities right now. Oh, for sure. The, the feedback's been great. Like, the feedback's been really, really good. Like, people appreciate them. A lot of people are saving them. Like, I at least get, like, a few people every day, like, literally saying, hey, I'm doing your workout, like, right now. 
And like when I post them, I never really expect anyone to actually do it. I just kind of just post them out there, like just there you go. If you kind of feel like doing it, like just fuck it, give her, give her a go. But I guess now that since no one has any gyms or anything, then it's like, well, what the hell else am I gonna do? Might as well. So it's definitely picked up a lot more. So have you found yourself kind of more inspired to do these videos? Maybe take it to another level, starting a just insane, you know, home workout website or something like that? Or is there any other things you're doing to try to keep your mind focused during this whole COVID-19 thing that's happening right now? Uh, I'm trying to get like online training going now. I guess that's like the next step that seems to be the future. So I've already been doing Zoom on like online Zoom workouts with some of my clients and some new people actually. So the goal would be, I guess, let's just say this thing goes for a freaking year. Realistically, I would have to just start doing online boot camps. So like everyone signs up, I can do, tons of people can join. Like Zoom lets you have thousands of people, let's just say, for example. And then the camera's on me, everyone just follows me. We do like live boot camps. That'd be cool to do like three, four of those a day. Just have big groups of people, but I just got to build interest. So obviously keep posting his videos, just get more interest, keep it going, and then We'll see from there, but with that job industry, it's looking like I'll have to go into the online shtick. The only thing that sucks is we don't have the basement, so I'm doing all of this out of the living room. So it's just like, ah. Uh. But it's proof that you can do it anywhere. It's like I'm, I've been managing fine in there. I just feel bad because Kim can't hang out in there when I'm doing like a Zoom session, so she has to kind of like go upstairs and do something. So I kind of just feel bad. But we got to work. We all got to figure out. She's cool with it, though. She knows you got to make a living and do whatnot. Absolutely. In these days and times, with money few and far between, whatever you can do to try to keep that bankroll coming in is essential, and it's crucial. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's a sign of the times. It's a sign, sign of how ahead of things you are, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a time to show, you know what, it kind of, this, is, this, is this whole situation is a great test for humanity as a general because it's going to give people a chance to do the things they normally wouldn't have done. Like, there may be somebody at home sitting there going, fuck, I wish I could do online school, or I wish I could take this and do that. Well, you know what? Now they're going to have the time. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of negative impact when this is all said and done. The economy is definitely going to take a major hit. It's going to take a while for things to kind of go back to normal. But one thing I do kind of see happening, and I don't want to get political or talk about COVID for too much longer, but one thing I do see happening is that all the things that were kind of fading away and going to that online platform, I think when they do go back to whatever the new normal for our world may be. I think you're going to see a lot of people going back into malls, back into taking the time to buy something tangible in front of them because they've missed it for so long. Now, there will be some people that will still, you know, online because that's what they do. But I bet you any money there's going to be people who, who even didn't join gyms when they were available to be joined. They're going to go, you know what, now that everything's kind of back to normal, I actually can't wait to get into a gym and do my first workout ever in a gym or do my first run on a treadmill. So I think there's going to be a lot of things going back to a little bit more of a simpler time and people are going to be enjoying leaving their homes after being pretty much stuck in them for so long. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. The one thing I wish I had right now, honestly, is I wish I had a home gym. You would think that me of all people would have a home gym. But when we move, I'm telling you right now, that basement's going to be a half man cave, half gym. <laughs> I'm still gonna go to like the gym gym but like it's just nice having it there like just it's just nice having it there you know like you walk by you just can do workout like I miss not being able to do pull-ups I can't do pull-ups here that's what I miss the most I can do rows with all my dumbbells 
but I can't do a pull up. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know what? I have a firm faith and a firm belief that if people just follow the instructions for a little bit longer and hold out tighter, I mean, I know the numbers are scary every day, 500 plus, 500 plus, but I'm thinking by the time this episode drops, we're going to see a huge kind of flattening the curve, as they say it now on the, on the news every fucking day, but I have a firm belief that we're going to beat this thing, it's going to go down, and I think by September, October, we're going to be in way better shape than we are now, with some parts of the world reopening, some things lifting, some restrictions lifting, and getting back to normal, and I can't wait until the first wrestling show. Because I'm going to buy front row tickets to every damn show I can get my hands on so I can just live and breathe it again. I don't care if it's seven shows in one week. I'm going to all of them. That actually yeah. leads to my next question. When this is all said and done and we can get back to wrestling and indie wrestling and the great scene that we have here in Ontario, who is the first opponent, Justin Sane, wants to get in that ring? Ooh, man, oh, man. Come on, bro. You know I ask the tough questions. I ask the tough questions. I have to. I have to. (laughs) It is tough because I just want to freaking wrestle. Like, every day I wake up, I walk by the Op 1 Tag Team Championship belt, and it just pisses me off. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to go down as possibly the longest-running Tag Team Champion of all time, and I haven't even defended this title yet. And that just pisses me off. Like, I'd rather not have the belts right now throughout all this. So right now my mind's kind of set on, like, tag team match and you know what OVE I would love to do a tag team matchup with Cheech against OVE because that's who we were supposed to face before this thing hit OVE and the Space Pirates I've missed out on on a couple opportunities to wrestle OVE and finally it was there and I was like so pumped for it because like those guys have been around forever they were now for one like eight years ago Irish Airborne just freaking killed it they killed it so much that we just we just got rid of the tag belts after that. <laughs> we bought them back a few years later. But, uh, yeah, OBA, I guess, tag. And then singles, I would love to wrestle Daniel Garcia. Like, oh, he's another guy I got feel for. Like, all those guys not accident, Puff, Kevin, Bennett. Um, like, they just got back. And then, like, getting the gear going, and then this happens. And it's just like, fuck, man. It just sucks. Like, I, I doubt I'll even be able to be in a wrestling ring at a show in front of people. I don't want to sound negative, but it's going to be, like, after August. Like, we're not getting wrestling this summer, which freaking sucks. But single match challenge, I'd love to wrestle Daniel Garcia. I think we'd have a kick-ass match. No, I think, I think you'd have a war, is what I think. I think it would just be a flat-out war. With his speed and strength and your speed and strength, I mean, listen, any promoters listening to this, Shut up and take my money. Like, I'll e-transfer you right now so I can get two front row tickets to that match because it's going to be electric when that happens. I mean, Red Death versus the Night Train? Fuck. I mean, the possibilities are endless. But you can't just do one because that's not fair to the fans. You've got to do it in three stages. He's got to beat you once. You've got to beat him once. And then it's got to go to a final brawl. It's got to go to a steel cage. Or we can just do like a best of three series each match is different that'd be kind of cool that would be kind of cool maybe spreads the feud out longer yes first match just like maybe a regular match second match submission match right up his alley then if it goes to the third and final deciding match and no steel cage last man standing iron man match something fun i just want to get in there and just tear it up 
Oh. But man, after that first match, I'm gonna be sore as fucking shit, and I can't wait. Well, now you got a fiance, man. That's what the fiance is there for. She can she can give you the quick rubdown when it's all said and done. I'm sure she does that already for you now. Yeah, the massage is actually not bad. I get probably like one a week now because she's a massage therapist, so she's like she's not working either. Oh, so she wants to still keep up the practice. So. Oh, fuck you, dog. You're getting free physiotherapy while the rest of us are sitting here stiff and tired? What the hell is this? <laughs> I lucked out, I lucked out. But yeah, I, we, we both would rather be working, trust me. Oh, I know. I, I 100% know. Oh. Thankfully, I, I, I work for a transport company that ships food, so I am an essential worker. So luckily enough, I'm still able to get a, a decent full paycheck coming through, which helps especially with the kids at home. You know what's funny is that with all this stuff going on, I never realized how much my kids eat. Oh, they're, yeah, because your girls are like, yeah, they're nothing that, they're growing. How old are your girls? Ten and four. Yeah, so you practically have, like, a preteen on your hands, so she's probably eating, like, a truck right now. Yeah, and she's also got the attitude of a 30-year-old. And four-year-olds are just, like, bottomless pits. Oh, but you know what the funny thing is? The four-year-old, she'll eat what dinner's put in front of her, but then two minutes later, she's full. Then she wants to have ice cream. Then she wants to have chips. Then she wants to have cookies. And it's like, whoa, whoa, you didn't finish the lasagna in the bowl. Finish that first, and we'll discuss dessert. Oh, I don't like that. I'm full. Oh, you're full, but you want 19 cookies. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that can happen. That was my sister. Emma, <laughs> hungry for lasagna. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man. Oh, frig. Well, you know what? I knew this conversation was going to be everything it is, and it's been absolutely epic. It's been entertaining, and it's been a great part two to our first part one. And I want to thank you for taking the time out to be on the show with me today. It's always a pleasure to have you. And as always, you know you can come back anytime. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to a part three. By then, I'll probably look like a lion. I'm just letting my hair and beard grow the frig out. You know what? I got I lucky. Barbers, man. <laughs> I, I got lucky. My wife, she works for Shoppers Drug Mart. So they had a set of clippers on sale. I was able to get a set. And my wife is not a barber, but she's done a fantastic job of keeping my, you know, full hawk in tip-top shape. I do miss my fade. I do miss my tip up, but I'll get back to the barbershop one day. Hands down for sure. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to Sash. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, you enjoy I, the rest of your evening. Actually, you know, one actual question. One other question. With all this stuff going on, a lot of people have been Netflix and chilling and binge watching stuff. Is there a show right now that Justin Sane is completely into on one of the streaming <laughs> services? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think everyone will probably have the same answer. Uh, I binge watched the hell out of Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> binge watched the hell out of it, and then um, my mom has Crave, so I took her account. And right now, believe it or not, because I think it's a freaking dope show. Uh, I've been watching um, <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, Shameless, <laughs> and then when I'm hoping Kim goes to bed early, I just want to like. Binge watch Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. Did you watch that? Jim, did you watch that Jimmy Snuka episode that just dropped a couple days ago? I haven't. Oh. I haven't. I gotta binge it. I gotta binge it. Cause got craved. I can like finally like, watch it. Yeah, you gotta. So you gotta get watch. into it, man. Every every episode this season has been fantastic. They're one of the greatest docu series uh, I've ever seen, and just not because they're wrestling docu series, just as a whole, one of the greatest docu series um, out there. And uh, the only episode. This one that I thought was, this season I thought was kind of eh, was the Brawl for All. But every other episode, the New Jack episode, the Chris Benoit's, and now Jimmy Superfly Snooka, these episodes have been absolutely fantastic. These two guys are incredible. And if they are listening, 
I would love to get you on the show to talk more Dark Side of the Ring. Just saying. Just going to throw it out there. Shameless plug, I know, but I got to do it. I'm throwing it out there. Oh, here's a, here's a quick question for you. Sure. What did you think of Mania? Like, just like the atmosphere of it. What did you think? Would you rather them still do what they did or just postpone it all and just have it come back when this whole thing ends? Or you just know, save it till next year? You know what? I got to be honest. that it's, it's weird to be asked a question on my own show, so then I'll get your thoughts after. But for me, uh, I thought it was a great distraction. I like the fact that they kept it going. Yeah, it was an empty arena. It wasn't a great. I know they lost a ton. Uh, we know we just know now they released like 25 or 30 talents from producers to wrestlers to referees. They released a whole bunch of talent uh, this just the past, actually yesterday. And um, uh, you know what? I loved it, though. I loved the atmosphere of it all. I loved the fact that they went out there and they told some great stories. And it was refreshing. Like the Firefly Funhouse match, I loved. I absolutely loved it. I loved um, everything with the Boneyard match, the cinematic match. I thought they were great. I thought, that was all, awesome. yeah, I thought all the performers did really well. And one thing I loved the most is being an empty arena. They really had to hit. There was no hiding anything from the crowd. They had to hit to get those sounds. You know what I mean? And they had to keep quiet. They couldn't be having full-on conversations in there. Which they did a really good job. Exactly. And I, you know what? I, for what it was, I thought it was a great distraction for two days. And for that weekend, I honestly and truly forgot that COVID-19 existed. I really, really did. What about you? What were your thoughts? It was nice because I actually haven't, before Mania, I haven't watched wrestling for two weeks because it just made me like just so depressed being like, like I hate watching things or seeing things that I can't do, which is why I, I don't like hockey. I can't skate because I don't care to watch it. I hate it. It pisses me off because I can't do it physically. So the fact that I can't wrestling, I miss it so much when I watch it. Like I just get like so depressed and just miserable about it. So like I sucked it up and then sat down for Mania and like I watched it with Kim. And the matches were solid. The only thing I was pretty, like, bummed out about, and it might have just been me, or maybe I was just really high. I don't know. But um, the Randy Orton-Edge match, great match. I just felt the announcers could have done a better, more job, maybe commentate like you gave a shit. Just that particular match, they just seemed very quiet, and there's some pretty sick spots. Could have been me, but I feel like JR would have been, like, acting like there was 500,000 people in the building when there wasn't. It just seemed very quiet but to certain points where it should have been like holy crap he just did this but that's like the only like negative thing I'd say about it just imagine like yo the announcers were just like having a coffee break but I don't know could have just been me but you know what now that you mentioned it you're right I think they undersold that match but one thing about that match that rings out to Bell there was some amazing spots but one thing that sticks out to me was that crap table all that food on that crap table was insane yep I, I, I made me hungry. I wanted to eat everything. I saw, like, 20 bags of Doritos, fucking Cheetos. I'm sitting there going, like, I want to eat it all. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, don't waste it. Don't waste it. But yeah, that's, like, the only thing that, like, stood out to me. It's, like, a great match. And I'm just, like, holy crap. Like, I feel myself, like, literally, like, screaming on the couch. I'm, like, holy crap. And I'm, like, oh, the announcer didn't even say anything or, like, pop for it. I'm, like, oh, okay. That's awkward. Let me just sit back down now. <laughs> yeah, when they were on top of that truck, you're right. They really did undersell it. They really, really did undersell it. Big time. Wow. Yeah. No, that's it's a fair point. You know what? That's that's probably, I would have to agree with you on that. I have to go back and rewatch it and really listen to the commentating. But I think you're probably right. That's, you know why? Because they didn't have me commentating. If I was commentating, I would have t- tore that shit down. There I would have tore go. it Send down. Send in that tape. Send in that tape. That's it. We got to petition Vince McMahon right now to file Mike, fire Michael Cole and put your host, the boy, in his place. I would tear that shit down. Talk wrestling. 
Just talk <laughs> wrestling. Uh, well, my, my friend Justin saying I'm going to let you go enjoy the rest of your night. And you be safe. You keep doing what you're doing. Peace, love, and wrestling. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Awesome. Thanks again, buddy. Have a good one, George. You too, brother. Bye. Peace. Well, guys, just insane. Part two in the books. The Night Train. He's an absolute amazing, amazing wrestler. If you haven't checked him out from the last interview we did, go back online, independent wrestling television, especially the Crossbody Wrestling page. He's had so many fantastic matches, especially the one with Gabriel Fraser that we talked about for summer of 2019. So... You know, as always, guys, peace, love, and wrestling. Don't forget to follow the socials for next week. I'm your host, your boy, George Mackay. Thank you so much for listening. And I will drop another episode every week, as promised. That's why I'm pre-recording as much as I can, trying to keep these stories and these interviews going, to keep Straight Talk Wrestling going, to keep bringing amazing conversations to you guys. It's all about you guys, the fans. As always, don't forget to check out our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our merchandise page on Pro Wrestling Tees. You'll hear that all at the end of the episode in our closing credits and you know thank you guys again from the bottom of my heart peace love and wrestling see you guys next week peace thank you for listening tune in next week for another episode on spreaker stitcher spotify itunes google play and iHeartRadio. also follow us on facebook at straight talk wrestling on instagram at straight talk wrestling and on twitter at underscore straight talk and for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.